There are just no words to describe the feeling that these players had when they got to win the Stanley Cup and to hoist it in the air and to kiss it and to know that they worked so hard to receive it. And that they were so excited and thrilled about winning this trophy that they couldn't even talk. Now, when Paul thought about something far greater than any uh, trophy, uh, what he, when he thought about this amazing gift called salvation, he said it was unspeakable. In 2 Corinthians 9.15, he said, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Now, what does he mean by unspeakable? The idea is that no words can properly express the greatness of the gift bestowed upon man. It is higher than the mind can conceive and higher than language can express. And so when Paul thought about salvation in Christ, he was like, thanks be unto God for this gift that is so amazing, it's hard to even put into words. In other words, it's amazing. The writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 2 and verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Now, who knows what salvation is? And, and I have here tonight in this cup some special candy. This isn't just normal run-of-the-mill everyday candy. You have to order this online. These are Zots. Have anybody have, has anybody in here have ever had Zots before? Any of the parents had Zots when you were kids? Okay, thank you. Um, these are like old school candy. They're not like that old. They're still fresh, okay, because they still make them. Uh, but uh, these are some good ones. So basically, it's got this fizzy stuff inside. These are really good. So they got the nice hard uh, candy, and then inside has this fizz stuff that comes out. They're zots. They're amazing. They'll change your life. And tonight, we're giving them out for some correct answers to some of the questions. So tonight, who knows what the word salvation means? Who knows what salvation means? Okay, right here, Mr. Jacob. When you ask Jesus in your heart, okay, can somebody else kind of expand on that? Here, I'm going to give you one apple that's coming your way. Apple Zot coming your way. Okay, right here in the front in the purple shirt. Yes. Yes. When you believe in when you believe in God, okay, thank you. I'm sorry, uh, I'm getting old. I can't hear. Would you shake it? Okay, um, I, perfect. Okay, so how about strawberry coming your way? Okay, anybody else have another thought? Oop, make sure she gets her strawberry zot. Okay, yes, sir. Okay, why don't you, well, let me go to somebody else, okay? Do you know what salvation is? When you trust God, okay, I'll give you, I'll give you one for, for uh, trying. How about you in the front? I'll give you one, too, for, for giving a world. Okay, let me tell you what salvation is. Salvation means that I have been forgiven of my sin, that I have become a child of God, and that I receive eternal life in heaven. And that I receive the promise that when I die, I'm going to spend forever in heaven. That's salvation. So Paul said, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. It's so amazing to have that forgiveness of sins, to, uh, to know that I'm a child of God, and to have received eternal life in heaven. 
Salvation really is the greatest and most amazing gift ever. You say, no, no, if, if my parents gave me a brand new Porsche, that would be the greatest gift ever. Uh, that'd be a pretty good gift. In fact, uh, Julie, if our anniversary is coming up on Friday, if you want to give me a Porsche uh, for uh, my, our anniversary gift, that'd be awesome. But you know what? As great as a Porsche is, it's still not the greatest gift ever. The greatest gift of all time is the gift of salvation. And Paul said, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Now, why is salvation so amazing? Well, tonight, very quickly, need everybody still quiet. Uh, let me share with you three very important reasons why salvation is so amazing. Salvation is so amazing because, number one, the person who provided the gift is amazing. The person is amazing. John 3, 16. Who knows John 3, 16? Who can quote it for me tonight for a zot? Who needs a zot in their life? Okay, Miss Macy. No, 3.16, John 3.16. Excellent, she nailed it. Okay, how about a watermelon zot coming your way? Good job. Okay, so yes, exactly. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's the part I want to focus in for just a moment here. Now, raise your hand if you know the answer to this question. What is the name of God's only begotten son? What's his name? Borazat. Right here. Miss Janelle. Jesus. Jesus Christ. How about an orange Zot coming your way? You just wanted the Zot, didn't you? Okay, I don't blame you. Oh, that's a little high, but you got it. Good job. Okay, Jesus Christ is correct. That is his name. You see, Jesus was the one who provided this gift of salvation, eternal life. Romans 6.23 says it this way, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through being a good person, right? Being a good person is good, but that's not where the gift comes from. The gift comes through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is de death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This gift of salvation, eternal life, was provided by the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. And he truly is amazing. Why is Jesus so amazing? What's so amazing about him? You can put your hands down because I'm going to answer the question myself. In fact, I might even eat a couple of the zots myself for answering the question that I just asked. And here's, first of all, his birth was amazing. When you think of Christmas... Is it really all about Santa Claus? No. Is it all about the presents that we can get and the stockings no. and the elves and the reindeer? No. It's, all about Jesus. it's about Jesus Christ coming to this earth and being born of the Virgin Mary. And that whole, that whole story is true. It actually happened. And it is amazing. It's a miracle. His birth was amazing. What else about Jesus was amazing? Well, after he was born, he lived a life, and his life was amazing in every aspect. You think about Jesus. He was a perfect man. He never sinned, not one time. Okay, can somebody ask, answer this question for me? For a Zot, can you tell me the number of times that Jesus 
lied to his parents? Would you raise your hand if you know the answer to that one? How many times did Jesus lie to his parents? Zero. Zero. Excellent. Good job. There's an apple one right there on the front chair. Okay. How many times did uh, Jesus disobey his parents? Mark. Zero. How about a cherry zot just for you, my friend? Okay. How many times did uh, Jesus steal something? Okay. Right here, who just kind of stood up in the gray shirt. Zero. Zero. Man, you guys are so sharp. You're on it tonight. Very good. How about a watermelon zot for you? Right. You get the, you get the idea. Zero times Jesus sinned. He was perfect and sinless. He never did anything wrong. Even when he was tempted in the wilderness, he still maintained his purity because he is God. His life was amazing. Uh, what else do we know about his life? Well, he, he, he not only was he completely pure, but he was also very powerful. Because you see, all the miracles that Jesus did, and we learned about one last night, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead by simply saying, Lazarus, come forth. You see, Jesus is powerful, and all the miracles prove the fact that Jesus, his life was truly amazing. What else about Jesus was amazing? Well, I would say also his death was amazing. See, Jesus was crucified on the old rugged cross. He suffered and bled and died, and the amount of suffering that Jesus endured for you and for me because he loved us is amazing. Guess what? Was Jesus, somebody answer this question, yes or no. Was Jesus guilty of anything wrong? How about right here in the front? Yes, sir. He was completely innocent. You need a zot for that, don't you? Yes, I thought so. How about a cherry one, my friend? There you go. Jesus was completely innocent. He was not guilty at all. And yet he went through all the suffering. He bled and died. He was tortured. And it's pretty graphic when you really realize what Jesus went through for you and for me. His death was amazing. But it doesn't end there, my friend. Oh, no. There's one more aspect of Jesus that is amazing, and that is the fact of his resurrection was amazing. You see, Jesus bled and died, and he was buried in a borrowed tomb, but didn't end there. You see, three days later, up from the grave, he arose, and he conquered death, hell, and the grave. He won a great victory that no one else could win on their own, and yet Jesus won it for us, all to show us how amazing he truly is. And by the way, he did all of that. He was born. He was willing to come down to this earth and go through life here on this earth and, and be crucified on the cross and then rise again the third day. He did that all for you. That's amazing. That's wonderful. No wonder Paul said, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. He did that because he loves you. So why is salvation so amazing? Number one, because the person who provided it is so amazing. And number two, also because the process is so amazing. Macy said it well a moment ago as she quoted John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's Jesus Christ. And then here, I love this phrase, that whosoever believeth in him. I love that little phrase, whosoever believeth in him. Don't you like the word whosoever right there? Because does that mean that I can believe? I mean, wait a minute, I'm bald. I can't believe because I don't have any hair. I'm, I'm balding, thank you. That makes me feel so much better. 
I greatly appreciate that little comment. I was, I was starting to feel pretty bad, but that really encouraged me. Okay, here's the deal. Only people that have hair can, can believe, right? No. Whosoever. What about, I don't have enough money. I can't believe. Yes, I can, because whosoever. Well, uh, I didn't grow up in church, so I can't believe. Yes, whosoever. Whosoever means anybody. That means me. And guess what? That means you too. And if you're here and you've never believed, you're part of the whosoever, and I'm hoping that tonight you'll make the decision, the greatest decision, by choosing to believe in Jesus Christ. So, whosoever, but then it says, whosoever believeth. How do, how do we receive this gift? What is, what is the promise or process for receiving this gift? How do we get it? Now, a lot of people say you have to earn it. Uh, you have to work for it. That you have to do things for it. We talked about the Stanley Cup and those guys who got to hoist the greatest trophy in all of sports. The thing is, is that was not a gift. That was something they worked for, worked hard for, labored and toiled and played hockey and threw, their, threw themselves in front of uh, slap shots and getting hit by a, a puck and, 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 and playing through injury. They did that so that they would earn that cup. Oh, we're not talking about something we earn. We're talking tonight about a gift. You see... The Bible says in Ephesians 2 and verses 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man, of, lest any man should boast. So it's, it's, it's not by works. It's nothing we can do to earn it. I need someone to come up here. You're not going to get a zot. You're going to get something better than a zot. I need a volunteer to come on up here. How about right here in the black shirt? Come on up. Yes, sir, right here. You get to come all the way up here. Level six unlocked. Okay, this is Benjamin Wilkes. All right, give it up for Benjamin tonight. All right. Okay, Benjamin, I'm going to have you stand over here. Okay, I'm going to move this out of the way. And I'm going to offer you a special gift. I have tonight Speed Kings. Build your own stunt racer and track. Let me try that again. Speed Kings, build your own stunt racer and track. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Benjamin, this is my gift to you. So I want to give you this gift. Wait a minute. Before you take this gift, you need to come over to my house. Some dishes have been piling up in the sink. Some laundry needs to be done. We're not lying, actually. This is actual truth, okay? It's been a long, busy BBS week. Okay, our grass is getting tall. It needs to be cut, and I need it edged and weed-eated, okay? Our cars have gotten a little dirty. They need to be washed. And one more thing. We have a dog. It hasn't been cleaned up after in a while. Right, Mark? Okay. I need you to come over to my house and do all those things, and then I'll give this to you as a gift. 
Would that be a gift? Everybody else? Is that a gift? It's not really a gift. Because if I make him do all that, I'm making him work for it. It's not a gift at that point. See, a gift is something that I give him and say, hey, you don't have to do anything for it. All you have to do is take it. So, Benjamin, go ahead and take Speed Kings. Build your own stunt, racer, and track. Okay, there you go. It's all yours, my friend. You can be seated. Give it up for Benjamin. Okay, so here's, here's the deal. Salvation. Receiving forgiveness of sins. Receiving this gift of eternal life in heaven. Becoming a child of God. How do we get that? Well, we have to work for it, don't we? We have to go to church, and we have to get baptized, and we have to give money to the church, and we have to read the Bible every day. And then we get this gift. Is that really how it works? No. It's a gift. There's nothing we can do to earn it. There's nothing we can do to receive it. We just simply have to take it, just like Benjamin had to take the gift. Good job, Benjamin. Thank you for helping me with that tonight. So we know that there's nothing we can do to earn this gift, but we must receive it. How do we receive the gift of God? Well, uh, John 3.16 tells us, Whosoever believeth in him, and uh, that means that we need to trust in him. John 1 and verse number 12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, believeth. Ephesians 2 and 8 9 says this, For by grace are you saved through faith. And we are saved only by grace through faith. We have to have that belief. I'll share a true story with you on June 30th, 1859. So this is a long time ago, um, over uh, 150 years ago. A man by the name of Charles Blondin, and I think we have a picture of him on the screen. This week we've kind of had a circus theme, a, a carnival theme, and, and one of the, uh, sometimes there's acrobats in a carnival, and, and this particular man was a tightrope walker. But he wasn't just any tightrope walker. I think, in history, the greatest tightrope walker. What he did on June 30th, 1859, is he crossed the Niagara Falls on a three-inch rope that was stretched 1,100 feet, which was a quarter of a mile long, across the falls at a height of 160 feet. That's pretty high, and there was no net underneath. But not only that, but in the ensuing days, he also accomplished some crazy things and amazing things while crossing the falls. Mr. Blondin, he executed a backwards somersault while on the top rope, or on this tightrope. Now, to be honest with you, I don't think I can do a forward somersault on the ground uh, because I am getting old. Uh, but uh, uh, that's not funny. Okay, it's not really a joke. Who laughed at that? Ushers? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, he did a backward somersault on this tightrope. He then also crossed while blindfolded across this tightrope over the Niagara Falls. He also pushed a wheelbarrow across this tightrope 
over the Niagara Falls. He also crossed it while on stilts. He did it in the dark with candles flaring from the ends of his balancing pole. He did it on a bicycle. And on one occasion, he even stopped halfway across and cooked an omelet, an egg omelet on a portable stove, and then lowered it to a boat below him. Amazing. Well, as a finale to his great achievement, he asked if anyone would be prepared to get into the wheelbarrow and be pushed across the falls. And no one was prepared to put that much trust in him. I mean, would you want to get in that wheelbarrow? How many would like to get in that wheelbarrow? How many say, no way, no way? Okay. Moms and dads? Okay. <laughs> I'm in the no way, no way. Um, I'm... I don't mind heights. I just don't like falling from heights. And uh, there is a real danger of that when you get in that wheelbarrow. Well, so yeah, no one said, yeah, let me do it. Well, then again, over Niagara Falls on September 15, 1860, he accomplished his most amazing feat of all before crossing the rope on that particular day. Blondin turned to the crowd and said, do you believe that I can carry someone across the rope on my back? The crowd roared its approval. Yes, we believe you can. Then Blondin, Blondin asked for a volunteer. Okay, well, who then will volunteer to climb onto my back and cross the falls? Well, again, the crowd remained silent just as they did the previous year when he had asked for a volunteer to sit in the wheelbarrow. Then he pointed to out one man standing nearby, nearby. How about you, sir? The man said, hardly you don't think that I'm going to risk my life like that, do you? And he turned and walked away. Next, Blondin pointed out another man and asked the same question. And what about you, sir? The man replied, I believe. In fact, I have no doubt at all. Blondin said, well, will you trust me? And the man replied, I will trust you. The man then climbed on the back of Charles Blondin, and they headed out across the falls on their 1,100-foot walk. The crowd waited with bated breath as they crossed the wire, and once they reached the other side, they roared their approval with excited shouts of jubilation. But what they didn't know was that the man who crossed on Blondin's back was Harry Colcord, his manager. You see, Harry Colcord knew how good Charles Blondin was and fully trusted him. His faith was sincere as the object of his faith, Charles Blondin, was trustworthy as he had proven himself often over the many years he had known him. So here's the point, boys and girls and moms and dads. Can I tell you tonight that Jesus is completely and totally worthy of our trust tonight? He has never failed and he never will fail. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. You can trust him. And by the way, you must trust him. You must place your trust in him for salvation if you'd like to be a child of God. If you'd like to have your sins forgiven, if you'd like to spend eternity in heaven someday, you must trust in him. You must let go of yourself and put yourself in his capable hands 
whosoever believeth in him. So salvation tonight truly is an amazing gift. Why? Because the person who provided, it's amazing. And the process for receiving it, it's amazing. And finally tonight, I want us to see that the product is amazing. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is amazing. See, not only do we not have to perish and go to a place called hell because of our sin, and by the way, all of us deserve to go to a place called hell. I do, and so do you. I think you're all wonderful children and, and wonderful moms and dads. Thank you for being here. But I need to tell you the truth according to the word of God. All of us deserve to go to that place called hell. But we don't have to. You see, Jesus, that's why he came, so that we don't have to go there. Should not perish. But the next part says, but instead have everlasting life. See, instead of going to a place called hell, which we all deserve, we get to go to a place called heaven with God and spend eternity with him. We can have forgiveness of sin. sin. And so one of the amazing products of this gift is that we become a brand new creature too, by the way. Those who believe on Christ, those who are saved, guess what? They become a brand new creature. Here's what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The Apostle Paul, who was the one who wrote the first verse we said, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Do you know what, what the Apostle Paul was doing before he got saved, before he became a Christian, before he received this amazing gift? He was trying to stop Christians. He was trying to silence Christians so much that he was even privy to them dying. And he was okay if Christians died. It's pretty sad. But you know what? On one day, he was walking to Damascus to try to do that, to try to stop Christians from being saved or, be, or spreading their, uh, their, their message. And, and uh, the Lord appeared to him. And the Apostle Paul, at that moment, trusted Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. He received Jesus Christ. He believed on Jesus. At that moment, he became a brand new creature. Old things were passed away, and behold, all things had become new, and it totally and completely changed his life. So instead of trying to stop Christians, he became a Christian and tried then to get the message of salvation to others. He was a brand new creature. So friend, when you get saved, it shouldn't just change your eternal address where you spend eternity. It also should change and completely change your life here on this earth. There's a song that uh, we didn't sing this week, but there's a song that uh, I've sung with children and children's ministry before, and it's called, There's Been a Great Change Since I've Been Born Again. And I'm not, I don't have a great singing voice, that's for sure. Can I get an amen on that one? Okay, our church family is like, amen, pastor, worst singing voice on the planet, uh, but that's okay. It's still a joyful noise. It's more noise than joyful, but it's a noise. Um, the song goes like this. The things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. Why? Because there's been a great change in my heart. The things I used to say. Maybe I used to say, oh my, and I would take God's name in vain. Well, now that I'm a Christian, I don't say that anymore. I don't use God's name in vain because it's high and lifted up. It's a rever we need, I need to be reverential to that name. 
Uh, I used to use profanity. I used to cuss, but I don't do that anymore because there's been a great change in my heart. The places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. The things I used to listen to, I don't listen to them anymore. I used to listen to the world's music and, the, and, and all the things and all the, the garbage that the world tries to get me to listen to. I don't listen to those things anymore. Why? Because there's, a, there, there's been a great change that's taken place in my heart. Things I used to watch, I don't watch them anymore. Why? Because there's been a great change since I've been born again. Has there been a great change in your life? Maybe not, because maybe you haven't been born again, and tonight's the night that you need to settle that, and you need to get that right. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 15, that he died for all, Jesus did, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. See, once I've been born again, I should naturally desire to follow Jesus with my life. No longer is it about me fulfilling my needs and my desires, but now it's, Lord, what would you have me to do? Lord, I want to please you with my life. Lord, I want to follow you. That ought to be the product of this amazing gift. So tonight, it's uh, no wonder the Apostle Paul, when he thought of this gift called salvation. He was like, this gift, thanks be unto God for this. How, how am I going to describe this gift? It's so amazing. You know what? Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. It's so amazing. Uh, why? Because of the person who provided that gift. And because of the process for receiving this amazing gift. It's by faith. It's nothing we can do. It's everything he's already done on the cross. All we simply need to do is believe and take this gift for our own. And then it's amazing because of the product of this amazing gift. We get eternal life, yes, but it also should change our life and change the direction of our life. So my question for you tonight is this. Will you receive this gift God is offering every one of us a gift. Tonight I offered Benjamin a gift. I could have st stayed up here all night. Benjamin, take the gift, and he would be like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Come on, Benjamin, take the gift. Mm-mm, mm-mm. The gift didn't, wouldn't, didn't, or wouldn't become his until he what? Until he takes it and receives it. So tonight God is offering every one of us, children, Moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, teenagers. God is offering all of us the gift of eternal life, the gift of becoming a child of God, the gift of forgiveness of sins. What are we going to do with that? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Or are we going to say, yes, Lord, I want to receive it? What decision are you going to make tonight? Let's have every head bowed and eyes closed. All, every head bowed and eyes closed tonight. Let me have a word, brief word of prayer, and then I'm going to ask a couple quick questions with our heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, I do thank you for this amazing gift that you have provided for us, this gift called salvation. And it's amazing. It's unspeakable. It's so great salvation, the writer of Hebrews said. And Lord, I pray that tonight there would be many people in this room who would decide to receive this gift. Lord, it is amazing that you'd even offer this gift to us, considering who we are in your eyes. We are sinners. 
We are unable to save ourselves, no matter how hard we try, no matter how religious we become. We're still unable to save ourselves. And so, Lord, I pray that tonight would be the greatest night of many people in this room tonight. May they come to Jesus and be born again. Lord, I pray that you would give courage to those who need to make this decision to make it tonight. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight. No one looking around. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Johnson, I was listening tonight and the truth is I've never personally received this amazing gift that you talked about called salvation. Maybe I've been in church, but I've never personally received this gift and I'd like to make this decision tonight. So all over the room tonight, would you just lift your hand if you say, I'm here tonight, but I'd like to make this decision to receive the gift of eternal life. If that's you, would you just lift your hand nice and tall tonight? No one looking around. We're not peeking tonight. So children, many children, hands are raised. What about adults? What about moms and dads? Is there someone here tonight who'd say, I've never received the gift, this amazing gift that you talked about. I've never received it. I've been in church, but I, I, I've never received this gift, and I'd like to make that decision tonight. Just raise your hand, and we're going to have a, a, a worker come and, and take you in the back and you're not going to miss anything tonight. You're not going to miss the carnival. We'll still have plenty of time before we go to that. We want to make sure you have this settled in your heart, that you know for sure that you are one of God's children, that you have your sins forgiven, and that you're on your way to heaven. Many more hands up tonight. Is there anybody else who'd say, you know what, I'd like to make sure that I have received this gift. I don't want to miss out. God's offering this gift to all of us. You can receive this gift tonight too.